0: Hello and welcome to this podcast, I'm Lily Head, Managing Director of Lily Head Dental Practice Sales and my thanks to DenPlan for giving us the opportunity to present to you some information about selling your practice. Action brings new strength. So this podcast is going to basically give you some headline information about being savvy when selling your dental practice, getting you prepared pointing out some of the obvious things that you need to be aware of and some of the pitfalls. And hopefully this will arm you for moving forward. By the end of the podcast, I'm hoping that you'll be clearer on the path forward and with the help of your trusted broker, ready to face the next chapter in your life. On a previous podcast, my sales director, Abby Greenhoff, spoke about the mindset in getting ready to go to the market and the hurdles to overcome, getting prepared to sell. But today, As I say, I'm gonna focus on talking about the practical steps, getting you in a place to prepare yourself for the marketing and the eventual sale of your practice. This may be in the immediate term, it may be in a year, it may be in five years, and we work with many clients who have long-term planning. So, the $60 million question is, what's changed in the world of practice sales? Well, of course, the pandemic has completely changed the landscape. Practice buyers, of course, have a newfound confidence to go out looking to buy practices, driving down potentially values, making offers, in the hopes the opportunities of picking up something that is more within their reach. But we are finding that the quality practices with a solid accounting, a good EBITDA, well-run, are still achieving good prices. But the banks are still figuring out how to manage their risk when they're assessing the business plans. And this is very much a movable feast. We're looking at it daily talking to our advisors and seeing how we can make practices get over the finishing line in an ever-changing market. So to make selling your practice even that little bit more challenging, it's gonna be a very difficult and very different experience compared to before the pandemic, potentially. But don't worry, there's plenty of support there to guide you through your decisions and your processes. And at Lilyhead, here with my team, we're all over how the market is landing as we come out of lockdown. And that's the big one is managing your business through and out of lockdown which is one very strong reason why you should always engage with a dental broker you trust who has your very best interests at heart. So, there's two main changes to be on board with. The first one is supporting the lending application. And by that I mean, you have a buyer, and as a principal, you're going to have to be pretty much actively supporting the buyer's lending applications when they go to the banks. Purchasers their finance brokers and the banks are going to be demanding much more detailed information before they can approve the lending. And of course, we can advise you on what that information will be. But in essence, what I can confirm is it will be absolutely essential to provide and be ready to provide up-to-the-minute information on your income, your recovery planning and your profit and loss and monthly information, etc. The second change, of course, is to be very aware of the due diligence, the dreaded DD. And the level of information you're going to need to prepare to get the best result and satisfy the legal due diligence on behalf of the buyer's solicitors is very detailed. It's a pretty heavy burden. So be prepared. If you purchased your practice over 20 years ago, due diligence was barely hardly in existence and deals could be done so much quicker. But of course it'll be a fraction of what you have to be producing today. So regardless of any frustration you may be experiencing over getting it all together, Keep your eye firmly on the prize is the recommendation that we give you. There's no way of avoiding this due diligence unless you wish to, rather than sell, just simply shut the doors when you've had enough. And and we don't advise that. We can definitely uh, find good buyers for our clients, but you do have to be prepared to knuckle down and, and get that due diligence ready. And we always say, get your ducks in a row. It's never too early to start preparing time spent in reconnaissance is time seldom wasted as the saying goes so even if your exit plan isn't for say five years make a start now and be prepared. You can always refresh it but if you have no idea what you're going into that will cause delays. The other thing of course is you're going to need a specialist dental solicitor to act for you and our team here we have a panel of recommended national dental specialist lawyers who can advise you of exactly the kind of information that you're going to be needing to provide. And a lot of it, as I said, can be done before you market. It's always good as well to get your accountants and your other advisers on board and explain what your plans are so they know what to expect. And, And they all work together along with your broker as a team. So save yourself time and avoid dealing with a good deal of perhaps ill will due to delays down the line, keeping the wheels on the track as we call it. So I ask you say, what else is there to consider and plan for? Well, you have to start behaving like a salesperson. In its simplest form, remember that you have an asset that you want to liquidate, your life's work. You want a buyer, supported by a lender, to hand over a substantial chunk of cash, which they're going to be repaying for the next 20 years. And this money is most likely going to be the key that opens the door to you leading the life that you want to either pursue, pick up or start new hobbies, really enjoy life with your family, your children, your grandchildren, and give you the freedom that you're looking for without the burden of ownership, even if you sell and stay on working for somebody else for a few years. So make sure you understand what you're selling and gather all the information that justifies your asking price. Work with your broker. And of course, as a vendor, you may have a figure in mind that you think your practice is worth. And that can be good. But of course, the amount that your dental practice broker can influence the market for is set by what people are willing to pay. But if you give us good information, we can help people achieve that. So know what you want, but be prepared to be flexible and understand that the buyers and their lenders must make the numbers work too. After all, they have substantial repayments to service the loans and take the business forward for the next 20 years. So if there's a significant gap, for example, between what you want and what you're being offered, of course, you've got the option to not sell. That's your prerogative. But a good dental broker will always be helped to bridge the gap between your expectation and what you're being offered. If the gap is of course in fact a chasm, then they won't be able to. But usually with good communication and some flexibility, then a deal can be agreed. And of course there's the soft sell aspect. and By that I mean buying a dental practice isn't always about the numbers. If you can find a buyer that can create an emotional connection to your dental practice and really endorses your ethos, then that's all well and good. It makes your proposition much more likely to stick. And we recommend, therefore, that you pay attention to the feel and the appearance of your dental practice. Don't let things slip with regards to the general overall appearance of your practice. Keep the website up to date. Keep it crisp, keep it fresh. Imagine if you have a personal shopper coming in. How does your practice appearance come across to someone coming in for the first time? First impressions, of course, are very important. Does it look like you've invested in the business? You know, are the decor and furnishings up to a good standard? Is the the entrance, the walkway, is it it smart? Is it fresh or is it weed-ridden? You know, is your signage good? Is it up to date? All these things create first impressions and they are worth keeping investing in and up to speed. Ultimately, of course, all these little efforts will pay off. So, know your numbers. Now, you'll then need to get a valuation, obviously, from a specialist dental broker. And our team, obviously, assess... Every dental practice in its own individual merit, Uh, there's so many factors to take into consideration and of course the the saying location, location, location is never truer but we look into the location, we look at the income streams, we look at the income generators, is the practice heavily about the principal for example or is it a nice spread across the associates hygiene therapy? What treatment types, what opportunities are there for a buyer coming in? For example if you're referring work out currently that may have an opportunity to bring it back in house. What's the reputation like of the practice? The patient base, the premises, and accessibility, of course, as well. And all of these are key factors in determining the true value of a practice, which is why you can never compare apples with pears, as I say it. You can't have two practices that, on the face of it, look the same. Same surgeries, proximate turnover, maybe, but the profitability and the businesses are two very, very separate entities. So you're going to be needed to provide financial statements and these are going to be reviewed and scrutinized to establish the true adjusted net profit, the EBITDA which is standing for Earnings Before Tax, Depreciation and Amortization. And it's a multiple of this EBITDA which is the key foundation of the sale price and what the lenders are going to be reviewing when they determine whether or not they're happy to fund the purchase. So the better EBITDA a practice has, the higher multiple we can apply, the better price we can achieve in line with the market demand and all the other factors that I've mentioned. There is a couple of things that I would urge caution against and that is, especially if you have a private approach from a buyer, don't let a purchaser try and determine the value of your practice for you and make you an offer. Don't get a valuation from someone who doesn't actively manage transactions on a regular basis and has a deep understanding of the market right now and what buyers are willing to pay. You'll never get a true valuation that reveals the full value of a practice from someone who only looks at your numbers or perhaps dabbles in practice valuations and sales. Use the professionals. They will protect you and they will get you the very best result. We do a lot of valuations for clients who are some way off their ultimate retirement exit planning. We recommend you take that valuation to your pensions planner, your IFA, wealth management advisor, whatever you have working with you, um, because that information is very key to planning your future they are going to be very pleased to understand the true value of your assets, and they can help then manage and plan your future and your pensions, and basically how soon you can afford to retire. And of course, sale proceeds often allow our clients an earlier exit than they originally thought. At seminars that we have, often we have clients who discuss and finally are told that they can retire considerably sooner than they originally thought. And wealth management providers often tell us that the vast majority of people actually hugely overestimate the amount of money they're going to need in retirement. So get that valuation, get that finger on the pulse of your practice's worth so you understand what you're dealing with. So let's discuss briefly the actual sale. Um, Hiring a dental specialist. Obviously your dental broker will have a list of preferred solicitors, experienced in all aspects and all profiles of practices. So have a look at the list, make some direct contact. Um, We often do an introduction for them or we advise our clients to phone up a few, see who they get along with, get an idea of their service and fee levels. And of course we provide these lists not for direct financial gain at all but because experience has taught us time and again that when clients hire a non-specialist solicitor, it significantly increases the risk of the deal not completing. You know, hiring a friend or a family member simply because they're a solicitor often leads to very strained relationships and a very, very strong likelihood that the deal will fail because there'll come a point in the deal when everyone will get transaction fatigue and the deal will ultimately crash and burn. So hiring a dental specialist solicitor is, is strongly recommended. Now on the subject of discussing uh, with your solicitor your your pre-marketing plans, it's a very good idea to discuss the property, a leasehold or freehold. The sale price, if it's a leasehold, is going to be linked to the tenure. So in most cases you're going to need a 15-year lease. That's got to be obviously under the Landlord and Tenant Act. Talk to your solicitor about what steps you may need to get that in place. Start to talk to your landlord solicitor and get an indication in principle that they're going to be willing to create a new lease. And if it's a new lease extension, you can maybe reassign the lease, or perhaps your landlord will agree to a a new lease being granted to the purchaser. But again, your solicitor will hold your hand through the whole process. So don't be uh, stressed about this. They are there to help you and advise accordingly. So an issue we see crop up on occasion is the thorny subject of repairs on freeholds. And halfway through the sale, a survey is done, and lo and behold, it's usually the roof or Japanese knotweed, something will come up and nip you. So make sure you're clear on any building work that needs to be done by you or the landlord. And if your building needs substantial repairs, it's good to identify these early and get them remedied because trust me, the buyers and the lenders will want this sorted before they complete and take the keys. Uh, We had a deal that failed recently and the surveys revealed that the roof of the building needed replacing in total. We're not just talking the tiles, we're talking the joists and the purlins too. So be prepared and obviously get these things remedied before the sale concludes. Otherwise, the buyers won't get funding and it will potentially cause the sale of your practice to fail. And finally, confide in your plan consultant. You know, your plan consultant is going to be vested to help you manage your plan and transfer it to your new purchaser. So it pays to be transparent. You know, it's a bit of a myth to think that if you're planning on selling, you should keep that a secret from your plan consultant for some reason. The buyers are going to want to drill into the frequency and the validity of all the patient banding, and your plan consultant is there to help you. Because if there has been, for example, any neglected patient banding, the profits are going to be impacted, and this may cause the purchaser and their lender to be concerned about supervised neglect, so be prepared to fully disclose the banding. Talk openly about risk assessments and demonstrate that this is regularly attended to and up-to-date and your plan provider, your plan consultant, will support you throughout all of this. They, like us, help our clients to succeed, not to fail. So, to summarise, a final few words from myself. Financial information. So, advise your accountants as soon as possible about your intentions. You know, regardless of your expectations of them over the years, Right now, if you're going to be going to the market, they must be prepared to work with you and provide annual and management accounts that are fully up to date. You're going to be needed to report the financial position of the business through the pandemic and as you unwind from lockdown to the purchasers and their lenders. And they're going to be wanting to see a trajectory of recovery to pre-COVID-19 profits beyond the break-even point and of course practices that can demonstrate financial recovery and an ability to manage this and have some planning in place, have it recorded, demonstrate their financial recovery. Basically, they're managing it, they're handling it. These are the practices that are going to be elevated in the market. Regulation. Uh, Make sure you have the correct CQC registration in place for your trading entity. Now we can help you with transferring the registration and we also help buyers with their own CQC registration requirements, so this is not a hold up, so an important thing to make sure you have in place. And also financial performance, working strategically, as I say, with your broker and or a business coach to identify ways of adding value to your practice and attract the type of buyer you'd like. These are all good things to get in place. The good news is, of course, that once you've chosen your trusted specialist dental broker, they're going to help you with all of this. But just make sure that whoever you choose has access to everyone in the UK who's considering buying a dental practice. There are people out there that will offer to sell your practice, but of course they only work off a very short list of just the corporate buyers flipping them to those, and so therefore you only get a very limited option to you. You deserve to have a whole market view, and you deserve to have plenty of choice do take a look at our Plan dentist's blog for more information and expert advice. So if you'd like to discuss any of the points raised or have anything else that you'd like to discuss, please don't hesitate to get in touch with my team. And you can email us at dentalbrokers at lilyhead.co.uk. And we'd be delighted to organise a time to talk to you that's convenient to you, to discuss any of your plans, any concerns that you may have or to arrange evaluation. We're here to help and thank you for your time. Goodbye.